We need to wake up. You have a deposit guaranteeing ultimate victory and you have it within you. Your value does not come from what you do, but who has you. You are God's possession. You're a kept man. You're a kept woman. You belong to him. And that should show, like, fill you with excitement. Your value has already been proven by the cost of the purchase of what Christ has done to choose you, the receipt of which is written into this very letter. This barukah, this moment, is this receipt. It's saying, remember what you already have. You didn't buy it for yourself, but you were given a gift receipt. And that's what's happening right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. Today is Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. My name is Sam. Of course, I'm the host for this show. And I am recording this intro at the, at the church in the auditorium to an empty room. Um, and it has um, been like this for about a month or so. I've just been coming to the church on Sundays to broadcast our Facebook Live services. And it's a little depressing, to be honest with you. I, I wish that we were all here in person. I wish that there was kids running around uh, the lobby and people worshiping and and live music and and laughter and community and I I miss that and I'm looking forward um, to that coming back and I hope that you guys are doing okay hope that you're hanging in in this quarantine um, that you're not going too crazy Um, we're still in the series we're calling Ephesians part one Um, this message is from Nathan called Achieve versus Awaken hope that you enjoy it welcome everybody My name is Nathan, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you are here. If you're brand new, we want to know about it. Could you put I'm new in the comments below or fill out a Connect card on the Now page? That would be amazing. We want to welcome you here. We're so glad that you are here. Do me a favor. Share this, like right now. I've seen pictures of people who are sitting in their family room with the big screen TV and the comments are turned off so they can focus. That's awesome. But I would love it if you can share. And here's why. 10% of the people who watch are because somebody shared it with them. 10%. That's incredible. So if you share it 10 times, which you can't do, I know at least one of them would show up. You're making a difference right where you're sitting. And also you can do that by just having your phone out and tuning into the feed and using it for comments and so forth. Now there's gonna be something cool coming so I'll let you know about that. But I miss you guys, I do. I miss hanging out with you. And when I think about what I miss most is the before and after. This time, not only when we worship together, which we get to do now, but the thing that we don't get to do together, which is hang out in the lobby to say hi, to meet each other, to hug, to pray, to share what we learned and what our needs are. And so we want to create a little bit of space for that at the very end of the gathering. We're going to have a digital lobby and we're going to try it out. It's an opportunity for you to receive prayer, to ask questions, to talk to our staff who are all there waiting during the message and after to interact with you. And so I encourage you to stick around for the last 10 minutes after we're all done so that you can interact with people so that we can say hi. Now, I talked to you about why else you might want your phone out. It's because I'm gonna ask you four questions. Four questions in the middle of the message as we progress that you can interact with, that I'd love for you to share what's on your mind. So if you have your phone out, you're gonna be able to do that. Now, if I was in the lobby and I met you, said, hi, I am, and I might ask, what do you do? That's like such a ubiquitous part of who we are, right? We like to be identified by what we do. 
or what we achieve or what we've accomplished or how many grandchildren we have and, and what they're doing. So much of our life is about what we do. And in this season, a lot of that's getting shaken up. Some of us don't have anything to do anymore, whether it's because our work has laid us off or because work isn't as busy or, or for whatever reason, now we're starting to go, what do I do with my time? Now, a lot of what we're dealing with is about how we take care of our core needs for safety and belonging and security and identity. And for many of us, we are worried that our core longings won't be met. In fact, we may actually say that our core longings will never be met unless we achieve, unless we do, unless we accomplish. This is what we truly believe in how we live our life. You have to, be, you have to perform to be appreciated. If you want to have meaning, you've got to measure up. Does this make sense to you? To be lovable, you've got to be likable, and you've got to do. See, we are in Ephesians, this book about this city of people. And another unique thing about this is Paul is under house arrest. Like, I've never felt more like Paul in my entire life. Like, stuck in, can't go anywhere. And Paul does something incredible. He achieves something incredible in the midst of this. He writes one of the most theologically rich letters, which we're about to listen to. Most theologically rich, enduring, encouraging letters of all time. And he does that in the middle of shelter in place. So, my first question to everyone there, and I would love to hear this, what have you accomplished during shelter in place that you are proud of? What's something that you have done that you love? It feels good to talk about those kinds of things. Shakespeare, actually, during the plague, wrote King Lear and Macbeth. Amazing place. And Isaac Newton just invented calculus while he was in the plague, as well as a theory of gravity. You know, small things. I installed new floors and fixed our bathroom to varying degrees of success and or finished. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It feels good to achieve things, and some of us can achieve amazing things, and we seem to find value in that. It feels good to get things done, but often we try to fill in the voids in our life with the things that we do. Last week, Pastor Daniel talked to us about the author the audience, and the aim of this letter, the context, so that we can talk about it today. And achievement, another A word, is our way. Achievement is the Ephesians way. So if this is true, your core longings will never be met unless you achieve. If we can't achieve, we'll never fulfill ourselves. And the truth is, this isn't the truth. This isn't the truth at all. The truth is your core longings will never be met unless you awaken, unless you experience something new. And that's what Paul has for you today. He wants you to awaken. This section that we're going to go into, verses 3 and on, it's one continual sentence like one run-on sentence. It's like my son who comes in who's really obsessed with the temperature and weather right now, which actually most of us are because when it's not nice outside, all of us feel a little like, that's crazy. So he comes in and he starts going, dad, 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 today it's gonna be this many degrees and this, this many degrees right now and then at noon it's gonna be this degrees and this, this, and this, and he goes and he goes, and then tomorrow it's gonna be 71 degrees. And I try every time to be excited as well, but sometimes I can't be. That's what Paul's doing. He's so excited 
about this scripture because he knows it means something for them and it means something for you. He wants to awaken you to something today. Do you want to be awakened to something new, something fresh? Because I sure do. This next scripture that we're going to read, it talks about praise. And this section, as he's writing this letter, comes from an old way of writing letters, and it's called the Baruch Ha. It's a section of scripture that talk about thanksgiving, about blessings. And so he's writing this one sentence to say how much a blessing it is. Baruch Ha. I love the idea. You know, the Jewish people who this comes from, they used to welcome people into their home. They would say, Baruch Haba, and that means blessed is the one who comes. And it's a way of saying, come into the house. You're blessed to come here. As you enter into here, it's the same heart. Paul is welcoming the people he's writing to, and he's welcoming you into this letter to show you something, the truth of who you are in Christ. Paul, in this section of Scripture, is inviting you to awaken to wonder. So he says, blessed, or that's blessed, or praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, again, that word, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're going to be talking and unpacking those things. But part of what we want you to know is blessed is the one who enters into the text and lets it shape them. Baruch haba, into the scriptures, welcome in to what God is doing. Because once you awaken to who Christ is and who you are in him, transformation can begin and the longings of your heart begin to be filled. So may the word of God be your home, a safe place where you enter into wonder. All of this is only possible because of Christ. You are chosen in Christ. That's the name of our series. That's everything we're gonna be talking about in the first half of Ephesians. This idea that when Christ is in your life, things change. When Christ is referenced, I've actually put it in blue, and you'll see that in just a moment, because I want you to realize how much this is dependent on him. In one continual sentence, he's referenced 13 times. See if you can count them. Let's look at this verse again. Let's look at one of these blessings that we receive. Oh, here's the truth. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are chosen in Christ and things have been given to us the moment we chose him. It's something that's ours. these spiritual blessings, these things that are in heaven. Now, my son, he uh, had a birthday right before all this COVID and he got a bunch of cash and he has been excited to spend it. But he knows that there's a virus. He's, you know, four years old. He knows there's a virus and that he can't get what he wants. You know what he wants? He wants a Paw Patrol transformer, and he is so fixated on it. He knows that he can get it as soon as he can get to the store. It's his. It's already his. He can feel it, and he's just waiting for the virus to get out of the way. In the same way, Paul is saying, no, there's something for you. But instead of a virus being in the way, you can experience part of it now. These things that are in heaven that have been given to us because of Christ are something we can experience right now if we're awakened to it. I think that's incredible. It's actually Paul's plea. He's saying, come in, listen to the text because you have something in Christ that you are not experiencing in the way that you could be. Let's continue and see just what we have in Christ. So here we go. It says this, for he chose us in him before 
the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Get that scripture up here in just a second. Maybe. (laughs) What does it mean? Praise be to God. The Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. This word holy and blameless in his sight were chosen in Christ to be aios and amamos. Aios and amamos. What does that mean, holy and blameless? It means to be pure. It means to be without any shame for anything that we have ever done. Did you know that you have that in Christ? That we can be holy and blameless in him? Oh, in Christ, we cannot feel any of the weight for our past mistakes. When you accepted him, that is the reality. I love that. Let's continue on and see what is next. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In Christ, we've been adopted, adopted into a new family. Back then, adoption meant power. Adoption meant influence. And we'll see even later, it means an inheritance. So here's my second question for you. What does adoption mean to you? What does adoption mean to you? See, adoption is this beautiful moment where something that's lost is welcomed in and given a new name. And we've been adopted into sonship like Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to you? Now, the Coolies, they, they adopted two girls from Haiti, and it took them five years. And he texted me this week and said this, quarantine has thrown me back into recalling our international adoption process, physically separated from our loved ones. The timeline for when it would all end was completely out of our hands. Those in control of it had conflicting ideas of what is required. Living in the everyday stress of this, yet moment by moment, making a decision to trust, that is what it's been like. And he goes on to talk about how five years of this, can you imagine, so that someone could be adopted? Can you imagine that God's been running after you for this long, trying to adopt you, living in this moment of looking for you to see and experience him, that he has moved heaven and earth to welcome you in, What does adoption mean to you? It could mean something completely different. What does it mean to you? Let's see what else we have been given in Christ. Not something that we've had to achieve, but something that has been awakened inside of us. This is a long one. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. There's Christ again. In Christ, we have redemption through Christ's blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. In case we forgot, we've been forgiven, holy and blameless. He's saying it again. You've been given this as grace, having this redemption, something that we didn't deserve. But then he goes on to say it's glorious and it's rich. It's this idea that he has lavished on us, given us more and more and more. You know, I love it when, uh, to give gifts and I love it when I can flex a little bit. And what I mean by that is like buy something way above and beyond because I can, because I love them, to give them something more than they need. I love that. Do you love doing that? Man, that, that makes my heart excited. And that's what God is doing for you. Maybe understand a little different. When the grandparents come over and you leave them with the kids and you say, no candy, What are they going to do? Probably going to give them candy or they're going to buy them all of these things. Grandparents love to spoil their grandkids. God wants to spoil you with his grace. 
He wants to ruin you to anything else in life except his grace. Do you see what has been given to you as a blessing? Not something that you ever did, but that God has given to you. Are you feeling that awaken inside of your heart? All of this is great, but this next part, this next part is absolutely fire in my opinion. I love this, the idea of this, the joy of this. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. What is this saying? He's revealed to us something, the mystery of his will. What does that look like? Man, I'd love to understand the heart of our leaders, the minds of our leaders. Maybe not all of them, but I'd like to understand what's happening next. Like what is going to happen? Governor Whitner right now has plans. You know she does, but we hear them in a certain amount of time. What would it be like to have the whole picture right off the bat? What would it be like to understand, students, what your parents are thinking, to understand them? What would it be like for them to understand you? Well, actually, I was looking through some stuff as you move in. I found a project from 1998. Uh, So I was a bit younger at this time, and I was getting into art, and I'm not great at art. So this was my attempt, and you paint it, and then you use a a chipper and wood, and you make a thing, whatever. Okay, so that's not important, because I don't really want to look at it. It's not great. But what's important is on the back. On the back, I wrote to myself on February 15th, 1998, a message to me as a parent. He tried, I remember this moment. I picked it up and I remembered the absolute anger I was in in the moment and I just wanted to communicate to something to myself. And what I said is, don't be paranoid. Didn't spell it right, but you know, that was never my strong suit. Don't be paranoid. (laughs) 1998, don't be paranoid. There was something about the will of my parents that I couldn't understand. I could only see what they were doing as them being paranoid, as opposed to the fact that they had a will for me. What would it be like to understand your parents' will? Parents, what would it be like to understand the beautiful mystery of what is going on in your teenager's head? That there is this crucial moment that you're a part of to understand that would be absolutely incredible. How much more so God? God... He's going to do whatever God wants to do. He is. He's going to do it. But Paul is making something absolutely clear that he's revealing a mystery in Christ. That what God did on the cross, it's something incredible. That in Jesus Christ, we can awaken to the wonder of what he is doing and how he is doing it. He came to redeem the world in a completely unexpected way and in this moment has revealed to us the mystery of his will. Wake up. God is constantly communicating to you and showing you what he is doing. So my third question is this. During this season, during this absolutely unique time, what is God revealing to you? What is God revealing to you? Have you been journaling about that? Have you been thinking about it? Have you been talking about it as a family? Because in turmoil, God, he moves. What is he saying to you. Write that below in the comments. Engage. God is revealing to me some things, and I'd love to share them with you as your pastor, that a new era is coming. Duh. (laughs) See, that this pandemic is changing the fabric of our cities, our communities. It's changing the fabric of our nation. And because of that, 
there's going to be more of a need for what only the church can provide, that they will play a larger role in the care and the hope of our cities and communities and the nation. He's also revealing something else to me, the need for me to continue to reorder my life and my thoughts around his will and not what I can achieve. See, I've been so focused on achievement to make sure that we're okay. And that's an easy thing to do. Okay, we've got the check. We've got the things we need to do. We're gonna be okay. What I have done is enough to make us through. Reality, God is saying, no, I want you to focus on my will, his good, his pleasing will. Did you catch that? His good pleasure. He has revealed something to us. So what is God revealing to you in this season? We have to keep going because it's a run-on sentence and we can't stop. We gotta keep going into it. And this is what he says next. Big section, hang with me. To be put into effect, right? All of these things, his mystery, his will is to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also, again, that word chosen. We've been chosen. We haven't done this. He's done it for us having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. We could use some unity right now, couldn't we? He's gonna bring unity. God is in control and he is the one who is moving and who is moving you. He has chosen you. This is the wonder of God's plan and what he is doing. Let's continue on here into Ephesians 1, verse 12, if you're following along. In order, all of this is in order, that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Incredible to boast in God's glory, right? We've talked about that before. I'm going to boast in the hope of glory. Well, guess what? We're the hope of glory. We're, we're the glory of God. What is it like for God to look at us and how messed up we are and all the things that we've done wrong and say, no, 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 because I have redeemed you, that's what I want to show off. It makes me look good <laughs> to see what I have done for you. You get to be the glory of God. Does it surprise you that God looks on you with love, that he sees the glory of his sacrifice in you? Does that surprise you? Are you awakening to it? See, you're never going to find out how much God loves you. You're never going to be able to plumb the depths of what he has done for you. In fact, I dare you to find the end of God's love and God's grace for you. You find it, you let me know, because he is so incredible. In fact, it's not just for this world, but the next, that we will spend eternity exploring how wide and how deep and how tall the love of God is for us. And he glories in it. It was never about earning it, it was all about encountering it. Are you encountering Jesus? Are you encountering this beautiful thing that he's showing you? Next, Ephesians 1.13. You were also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. This is where it all came from. Listen, he's been talking about all these spiritual blessings, and now he's going to say what happened that changed everything. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, when you believed in what Christ has done for you, something happened. <laughs> All of these blessings, you were marked in him with a seal, stamped, a promise, Holy Spirit. There is something happening right now in this moment 
You're believing something about who God is for you. And when you believe in that, you're sealed. Something changes. You are giving. It isn't about achieving. It's about awakening. So this is the question. What have you been saved from? What have you been saved from? Now, maybe if you're a Christian, you can start writing. Maybe if you're not a Christian and you don't know if you've been saved, you've still been saved from some things. People have intervened. What have you been saved from? My prayer is that you're blessed by these words of hope and salvation. And for those who have not yet accepted Christ, these promises that we've been talking about are still for you. But you must accept them and awaken to your need for salvation, that word we talked about. See, when you do this, you're saved, you're sealed, and you receive the Holy Spirit, which pours love into your hearts. I can't help but think about Stevie Wonder, you know? Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. You know, I murdered that. Sing it with me if you're better at it. But this idea, now he was talking about something completely different, but, but I love this idea that we present ourselves to God and say, I'm, I'm here, I'm signed, I'm sealed, I'm delivered, I'm yours. And even Stevie Wonder says, you got my future in your hands. And, and that's the position. That's the position we're supposed to be in. There's this moment of saying, God, you, you, I got you. You got me. I'm here. I want to awaken to what you have done inside of me. Paul's not quite done yet. He says, who, this Holy Spirit, this presence of God inside of you is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, that sonship, that adoption, that inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We're going to experience redemption. We're going to experience an inheritance, but we already have a deposit that guarantees what is coming. We already do. Something that is ours. We've received a down payment, a something that is coming, an inheritance, a coming co-heir, a co-heirship with God, being able to see what God can do in us and through us. Most of us are excited or maybe even dependent or eagerly in waiting that direct deposit of money into our bank account or that check in the mail. But how many of us have completely forgotten about the deposit of God into our very hearts? Let me say that again. How excited are you about the check coming in the mail? And how excited about, are you about the God that's in your heart? The Holy Spirit who's been given to you, a deposit the future that's coming, not in money or dollars, but in eternity, something that lasts where moth and rust can't get to. We've forgotten about this. We need to encounter the Holy Spirit that's within us and awaken. It's the one that fills us with wonder, the one that draws out the love of God and the peace of God into our very hearts. We need to wake up. You have a deposit guaranteeing ultimate victory. And you have it within you. Your value does not come from what you do, but who has you. You are God's possession. You're a kept man. You're a kept woman. You belong to him. And that should show, fill you with excitement. Your value has already been proven by the cost of the purchase of what Christ has done to choose you, the receipt of which is written into this very letter. This barukah, this moment, is this receipt. It's saying, remember what you already have. You didn't buy it for yourself, but you were given a gift receipt. And that's what's happening right now. Blessed is the one who comes to the text and is transformed to it. Blessed is the one who comes in the name 
of the Lord. Baruch haba Hashem Adonai. Baruch haba Hashem Adonai. We have a hope to bring to people that we come in the name of the Lord who has chosen us to give us things that we don't deserve but transform us forever. It's time to awaken to the wonder, to awaken to the wonder of what Christ has already achieved for you. See, it can be about you achieving, but there's really no future in that. There's no guarantee that what you do will make a difference. Just ask anybody who's foolish enough to look at their 401k right now. What you have achieved has suddenly become so much less The things of this world, they pass away, but what Christ has achieved for you never will if you receive it. Awaken to the wonder of what Christ has already achieved for you. How could we love this community that's gonna need us so much? Who would need us, instead of strife and offering them frustration and fear and division, we offered them something different. Why are we fighting with each other right now? Why are we doing that? I, I, I'm absolutely flabbergasted right now as to why we are fighting each other. Why we aren't loving each other. We should be overwhelmed with wonder at the deposit of the Holy Spirit who is our real provider. Not our business. Not our safety measures. Not our rights or our freedoms. Those are not our providers. God, the Holy Spirit, is our provider. Look, what the government does or doesn't do is not your salvation. Don't get it twisted. For the love of God, wake up. He is your provider. He is your peace. He is your comfort. And he is with you. He has chosen you to be holy and blameless and son and daughter. He has chosen you for power and to experience the Holy Spirit. So we need to do some things. We need to awaken ourselves, position ourselves to experience this. And so we have some action steps as we finish today, things that I want you to do. The first is I want you to awaken wonder in your heart, to awaken wonder in your heart. This is how you position yourself. Can you make yourself do this? No, but you can awaken it in you. The first thing we've already talked about, read Ephesians once a week. Daniel talked about it. We keep talking about it. Why? To remind yourself of what Christ has done. Read the receipt again. It's time to do that. The second way you can do that is by memorizing a portion of Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Whatever hits you, you just memorize it. Remind yourself of what God is doing inside of you. And what will happen is it'll awaken the wonder within your very heart. But this isn't all about us. Baruch Abahu Hashem Adonai, meaning blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so it's time to awaken wonder in your neighbors to look at the people around you and say, you know what, I have a responsibility to awaken wonder in the people around me. I've been saying this over and over and over again. The the field's ready. The harvest is ready. People are more open to this than ever before. Awaken wonder in your neighbor. And we wanna give you practical ways to do this. The first one is this. Write your neighbors a handwritten letter. I know that's crazy. Like what? Who does that? Seriously, write your neighbors a handwritten letter and deliver it to them. Now, we've actually created a template that's in the now page to help you because you're like, well, what do I put in it? It doesn't have to be much. It can be simple. And you can include some really cool things with it, like making food or or whatever you know how to do. Or maybe you can mow their lawn and like think, what can I do as a man to help? Um, You know, write a neighbor a handwritten letter and tell them about the wonder of Jesus. Do exactly what Paul did. 
what would that do? Be the wonder, be the one who brings the good tidings of being chosen in Christ. And finally, awaken wonder now. Now. I have felt so strongly that the Holy Spirit has been trying to speak to us and move in us. And I don't care who you are on the other side of this. I mean, I care deeply about who you are. You belong here. What I'm saying is no matter where you are at, God has something to say to you now in this moment. So this is how we're going to do this. One, you can do that by joining in the digital lobby afterwards. What I mean is if something's moving in your heart, if something has pricked you and you're like, I need to know, or you've been listening and you're just not, you came expecting something and it's not there yet and you need connection, join us for 10 minutes afterwards where we'll pray for you. If you have something that is confidential, you can just say, hey, I need to talk to a pastor. Our staff want to interact with you and so do the people who love this church and want you to feel like you belong. No matter if you've been here for years or the first time, don't leave this space without experiencing the Holy Spirit and love and care. The second is to encounter Jesus in worship. We're going to worship God and remind ourselves who we are and what we're chosen for. Like, we're going to praise God. That's the appropriate way to glorify God. Baruch haba. When we get that happening inside of our hearts, we have to then give it to him. I want you to do that. But finally, you accept Christ as Savior. For those of you who are here right now who don't know Jesus Christ, it is time to encounter Jesus right now to encounter his presence, to encounter what he has for you. It's said in Ephesians 3 that when we believe we were chosen by him, we were forgiven of all of our sins and we were given gifts that allows us to connect to God again and spend eternity with him. And if that's what you want, if that's what you desire, then I wanna lead you in a prayer. A prayer is nothing magical. It's just you talking to God who is here and he's here, and he's here, and he wants to speak to you. So pray with me this prayer, and then we'll worship God together. Father, you repeat after me, repeat in your own mind, out loud, especially if there's no one there, speak it out loud. Make it your own. God, I need someone to save me. God, I believe that Jesus Christ wants to save me. And so I choose him. As God has chosen me, I choose him too. I receive, I receive him. I receive a new life, new hope, new joy, and new purpose. I will follow you. I will give up everything I will stop trying to achieve and I will awaken to your presence and your purpose, your power and your peace in me. I will follow you the rest of my days. Thank you for loving me. I love you. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more information about Life Church Canton or other churches in the Life Church Network, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org/now or fill out the form linked in the show notes, and someone from the church will reach out to you with more information. 
If you watched Life Church online for the first time this past weekend, we would love to know about it. We believe that life isn't meant to be lived in isolation, but we want to connect with you and learn to live like Jesus in community together. If you want to email the show, you can do that at podcast at lifechurchcanton.org. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Once again, my name is Sam Parham, and you've been listening to the Life Church Canton podcast. Have a great week, everybody.